Hello, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. It is Tuesday, July 9th, 2019. This is episode 85 of From the Press Box. And I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And I'm joined every week by my wonderful co-host, the very knowledgeable, one and only president and founder of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else on this uh, lovely summer's day when there's so much news to talk about. I know. I really feel badly for like fans that kind of disconnect over the summer thinking that there's nothing going on in the world of hockey over the summer because all the things happen over the summer. (laughs) And then they uh, drift back in September and early October uh, what, what happened? Wasn't he with <laughs> that kind of thing? What I miss? Did I miss anything? Yes, you missed everything. Everything. Of course, it's yes. It's a beautiful. It's a sweltering hot day here in Pennsylvania. Um, as our uh, special guest, who's coming up here in a little while, can also probably concur with me on that. Oh, I said special guest. Yes. Uh, so going along those lines, let me just give you a quick rundown of what you can expect today. Cause we've got a great show ahead of, ahead, uh, for you today. Of course, we're going to start off with uh, segment one, which is typically our time to talk about, uh, the Canadians and the rocket and the flyers and the phantoms. So we're just going to, uh, to briefly discuss, uh, what's happened in the world of signings with those organizations in the last week. Uh, and then we have a very special guest coming on to join us today uh, with really, really great information about uh, a recent Montreal Canadiens signing, Mr. Riley Barber. Uh, this gentleman has uh, lots of firsthand knowledge of, of Barber's uh, play and, and who he is on and off the ice. And so we're going to have a very special interview coming up in the first segment. Uh, and then in the second segment, we go around the AHL, and uh, we're going to actually continue that interview and, and speak a little bit about uh, in depth uh, how one of our Eastern Conference friends uh, are, are shaping their team is shaping up for this season before we talk about some other notable AHL signings around the league. And of course, uh, the AHL put out their annual business award winners this week. So some news to talk about there. And just today, opening day uh, home openers were announced for all of the AHL teams. Uh, So we'll talk a little bit about that as well before heading into our last segment of the day where we go beyond the AHL. Uh, We have some news regarding uh, a a change up uh, for some ECHL affiliations uh, and um, some other news from just around the world of hockey before we sign off for the day. So Rick, we've got two top to bottom, got a packed show for you today. A very busy show. And um, yeah, now I would I would normally um, take the opportunity to wish you uh, whatever national day it was it is, and today happens to be national. Well, there's two actually National Sugar Cookie Day. Um, It's kind of a bit. I don't know. I think it's lame. Um, Sugar Cookie Day. uh, Yeah. Well, it's good if you have a cup of tea and. 
some sugar biscuits, you know. Now, see, if we had scheduled our podcast tomorrow, you would be able to celebrate uh, National Pina Colada Day or Thursday National Mojito Day. Oh, well, you know, I had a hankering for some pina coladas this week, so that will happen. And I haven't had a good mojito in a while, so, well. You've just given however, me so much inspiration for the week. <laughs> however, there's also Cow Appreciation Day today. Today? Mm-hmm. Really? So that certainly takes precedence over National Sugar Cookie Day. Okay. Uh, Cow Appreciation good. Day, um, we, we have uh, some... Some very good new friends that that uh, we we uh, were able to have a couple of meals with and and discuss uh, our folks from from um, uh, southwestern Ontario um, and uh, and Mike Rashel who uh, is a, a loyal uh, listener of this podcast um, so I'm sure he's celebrating Cow Appreciation Day. Yes, Mike is a is a dairy farmer, so absolutely has to be celebrating today. Now well, in the go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead and finish. In the in the guide, it says um, you know you might want to dress up like a cow or do those other things. But for me, the first thing that popped into my mind, and it's probably because um, they don't exist in Canada uh, or not yet, yeah. anyway. Um, is if you're anywhere within 50 miles of Chick-fil-A, uh, get there to celebrate uh, Cow Appreciation Day. Um, of course, Chick-fil-A famous for their uh, for having uh, cows um, in their ads who say eat more chicken. Um, mm-hmm. And just uh, bar none, the best fast food you have ever had. Um, and, and it's just not even close. And the customer <laughs> service, I mean, when you go to the, the U.S., the, the customer service uh, is, is, is noticeably better uh, anyway. But Chick-fil-A, unbelievable customer service. Um, so I, I couldn't think of, if you happen to be near one, get to a Chick-fil-A today. That's true. Of course, I I will, as as the token American here, I will make a note that if you want to take advantage of Cow Appreciation Day at Chick-fil-A, you can score some free food at Chick-fil-A. However, you have to come dressed as a cow. (laughs) Is that how it works? Yes. If you come, and it, it doesn't have to be like a full out cow costume, but if you wear like a cow shirt or have a cow mask or something, if you're wearing something cow related, you score some free grub at Chick-fil-A today. So, hmm. Well, for Canadians, um, yeah, there is good news. There is hope around the horizon in, and um, what we've heard is that, that Chick-fil-A plans, and this is not a commercial for, not, I'm not <laughs> getting it. Where is the free Chick-fil-A? Like, yeah, exactly. Come on now. Uh, but they plan a big expansion into the into the GTA um, announcing. I think they're going to put about 15 stores and and one as soon as uh, September, I believe. Uh, um, on and it's a great location, the corner of Young and Bloor. Um, 
they've already leased location and, and probably renovating as we speak. Um, but there's the Bay, there's Nordstrom, there's, I think Google's on that corner too, but, but young and blur busy corner, perfect, uh, spot for it. And, um, I've, what, what's rumored is that if you're one of the first hundred, uh, customers on their opening day, you get free Chick-fil-A for a year. I don't know if that's true or whether it will carry across the border applies in Canada, but yes, um, that's, that's. Apparently My American ass a... will drive up there and camp out. <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. Well, I mean, come on. If we're going to share Chick-fil-A with our friends north of the border, I mean, that's a big step. It's a big step. Well, happy right. cow appreciation day to uh, <laughs> all of our listeners on both sides of the border. I agree. And cows are very underrated. I would just say that if you have a chance to go like see cows in real life in person, they're fantastic. So I highly recommend it. And they're very, they're very friendly. But we're going to talk a little bit about more than just cows today. Let's get right into segment one uh, where we uh, focus on, uh, well, <laughs> The uh, as far as what did the Philadelphia Flyers or the Lehigh Valley Phantoms do in the last week? It's a really short list. Nada. Uh, all is quiet on the Philadelphia Flyers front for the last week, um, which is okay. I'm sure Chuck Fletcher's got some things uh, brewing, but um, all is quiet on that front. No, uh, no signings to announce there. Uh, the Flyers are kicking off their community caravan this week which will be a kind of a pop-up uh philadelphia flyers fan event that will happen all over uh, southern new jersey and and southeastern pennsylvania over the next uh couple of months where little you know like rides for the kids and interactive stations and autograph signings and things like that so be on the lookout for that if you are a fan of the flyers in the uh, southern new jersey southeast pa area but as for the Canadians, now the Canadians, Rick, the Canadians were busy last week signing, well, frankly, practically all former Flyers. So I guess the Flyers do have, <laughs> they do they do kind of uh, come around in here. Um, signing contracts to Phil Veroni, uh, who has, Flyers fans are, are quite familiar with Veroni, whether he was uh, playing for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms or did spend a good portion of the year last year up playing for Philadelphia. Uh, also, they signed Nick Cousins. Now, Nick, uh, Nick Cousins did spend uh, the entire NHL season last year playing for the Arizona Coyotes, but he is a former uh, player of the Philadelphia Flyers, drafted by the Flyers. Uh, and the only non-Philadelphia Flyer player that they uh, signed last week would be from a team that you're a fan of, the Winnipeg Jets and Mr. Ben Sherratt. Mark Bergevin's been busy. Busy, busy, busy. Oh, and he has. Also, and, and didn't get Sebastian Ajo. Well, that was, that was kind of overshadowing all the other moves. And maybe that was the intention to uh, have all of that um, uh, drama playing out and uh, so that so that fans didn't notice that not not anything uh, of much consequence was was happening. Yes, uh, the Canadians got uh, 
um, a backup goaltender. Um, but uh, that, you know, lots of question marks there with Keith Kincaid. Yes, they got a um, uh, left-handed defenseman, although um, Ben Sherrod is, is not going to um, be the uh, top-pairing uh, left-handed defenseman that, that the Canadians <laughs> so badly need to play with Shea Weber. In fact, he's probably uh, more comfortable and, and more suited to the third pairing, although last season, because of multitude of injuries on the Jets' blue line, he, he played above that eight up minutes, but kind of um, uh, you want to temper your expectations there. And uh, with, with the other um, grouping with uh, Nick cousins uh, with Veroni, with Riley Barber, I think you have uh, guys who um, really want to make an impact um, with uh, the Montreal Canadians. There was a story on, on the Canadians.com about Veroni um, determined to secure a, a, a lineup spot. Um, mm-hmm. You have Riley Barber, um, uh, and we're, we'll talk more about this later, but uh, one of the, the reasons that um, leaving the Washington organization or not resigning there um, was his declared desire to, to have a, uh, a real shot in the NHL. And, and, um, and, you know, does he have it with, with uh, um, with all these other um, folks in the way, and and listen, uh, the, the Canadians were were um, other than Shea Weber um, uh, were relatively injury free uh, last year. Uh, that's probably not con- going to continue this year, and maybe with some mm-hmm. in- injuries, some of these guys can play a role. Um, but uh, it's 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 going to be tough, and and we've counted up the numbers and there's you know there's a rather full house at the um, NHL level uh, as well as the AHL level well that's that's just it Rick I mean you've got okay so now you've added Veroni Cousins and and Sherratt and they're already over roster numbers at, at the parent club at the NHL level, um, both for forwards and defensemen. Um, and, and at Laval's level, they are well over their forward count uh, and over their defenseman count and well over their goaltender count. Um, obviously, the, the summer is still young. Uh, there, there could be uh, guys that are packaged up in trades uh, and so forth as, as pieces continue to fall into place. But one thing that we that the theme that we always seem to come back to is um, giving is having enough room for your prospects to get um, a decent amount and, a, and an appropriate amount of of ice time to learn and make mistakes and learn some more and to grow and to develop. Um, and this seems to be uh, with each one of these signings. You know, I understand. You know, a guy, a guy like Veroni, a guy like Riley Barber. Um, you know, we we mentioned this last week that you know you're you're without your Dan Cars and your Chris Terry's and your Adam Cracknells and uh, those kinds of guys. Alexander Grenier, uh, who didn't have um, the year last year that he had the prior year, but but has that capability. So so you've got to replace some of those guys who can bring you some offense. So I can understand the signings. Um, 
but at some point we have to start to to be a little concerned about how much room there is available for the for the prospects as well. Sure. Um, and and it it always takes, you know, as I've preached for for years, it 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 takes a mix. It, it it's um, you need uh, the veterans to complement and and um, help with the consistency uh, that that you may not get from your uh, prospects. And we saw a real lack of that last year, having you know the there the, there perceivably was no need for a, a Chris Terry, Adam Cracknell, Dan Carr, and so they were they were shipped out. And and um, you know the the folks that Joel Bouchard was familiar with couldn't fill in, and and whether it be Alain or Grenier or Belzeal, um, just couldn't make up the the offense. So uh, Verone, um, if he ends up with the uh, Lavelle Rocket, as we think he might, and um, um, uh, Riley Barber. Um, you know, Riley Barber is coming off a career year last year and, and uh, a 30-plus goal season, 60 points. That's a big help for, for an offense. Um, but you also have to make sure there's room for um, the, the Jake Evans and and, and uh, Lucas Vedemo and um, – Nick Suzuki and, and those folks. And remember, there's going to be those um, extra fourth line of uh, players that uh, aren't really useful in, in Montreal anymore, whether it's Dale Weiss, um, whether it's uh, Matthew Pekka, um, those kind of folks that uh, there's going to have to be a, a place found for. Uh, unless, as you said, it's early um, you know, some of the some of this extra baggage is is moved uh, in some fashion. Um, Nick Cousins, where he plays, I, I, I you know, it's a one way yeah. contract that he has. He's got a mm-hmm. lot of uh, he's played primarily in the in the NHL the last couple of years. So um, he's hoping and, and I think the Canadians expect him to be um, uh, with them on the fourth line. He's gritty. He's feisty. Um, he has some some skill as a playmaker. Um, he is uh, yappy as anything. He's a trash talker. Um, he was fined last season uh, for being a, a multiple uh, offender as far as diving goes, uh, embellishment. In fact, the the announcement came out the same day. Uh, both he and Brad Marchant uh, were cited by the the league on the same day, which is not. Um, Great company. Um, (laughs) And, and it's funny because Ben Sherratt got a, got supplemental discipline uh, last season. Uh, He was fined for a cross check. The cross check was on uh, Nick Cousins. Uh, So they'll have to mend some fences in training camp, I guess, but uh, shouldn't be a problem. I suppose. Well, let's let's focus a little bit on Riley Barber. Here's a guy uh, that's been been signed into the organization now. As as you say, likely headed for Laval. It is a two way contract, um, but someone who also has, as you as you mentioned, um, you know, has his sights set on the NHL. What were what were your thoughts on Riley Barber when they first signed him? Again, uh, you know, he's he's um, Phil Verone. Um, finished uh, second to Chris Terry a couple years ago, um, a, a good offensive player. Riley Barber, the same. Um, 
um, uh, 31 goals, 60, 60 points last year um, for a sixth round draft pick. Um, he produces at the AHL level. He's had four seasons with the Hershey Bears. Um, he knows he knows how to produce offense. Um, and um, you know he was hoping that that maybe with uh, um, Burakowski moved out and there would be some spots opening up in the Capitals um, for and 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 given his his uh, what what he could have signed as a cheap contract he might have been suitable there but uh, you know you got the feeling his quote was was about um you know that he had been with the club for a while uh been with the the capitals organization for a while he had a pretty good sense of what the capitals felt about how he could contribute um he hasn't got a lot of opportunity and he acknowledged that and so he didn't he didn't uh, think that his best way forward was resigning with the capitals not content with with being in the AHL, he he wants a real shot at the NHL. Didn't see himself getting it with the Capitals, uh, so signed with the Canadians. And we'll see if uh, you know his gamble pays off. Well, since we are speaking uh, so in depth about Riley Barber, we thought that we would invite uh, one of our dear friends and colleagues around the AHL to join us today to give us a bit of insight on uh, one of the Canadians' newest uh, players that they've signed, and that would be uh, the voice of the Hershey Bears, uh, the manager of media relations and broadcasting for the Hershey Bears, Mr. Zach Fish, the play-by-play broadcaster for Hershey. Zach, thanks so much for joining us and being here today. My pleasure. It's good to uh, be talking hockey in the middle of summer, and that's for sure. And we're talking about Riley Barber. I know we're certainly sad to be losing him here in Hershey. He's a great player for us for for many years but we're excited for his his new opportunity to hopefully have a shot in Laval or if not a shot in Montreal to make the big club so we were just talking about uh Riley Barber and, and before I ask my question let me just say uh, personally um Zach uh, I'm I'm as 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 Amy knows and I've spoken on this this podcast before I'm I'm a I've I've been um at high standards when it comes to uh, broadcasting, but my goodness, uh, you meet and exceed all of those. And, and I've spoken about you before as one of my favorite uh, AHL broadcasters and uh, you do a great job. And uh, uh, we want to send all of our, our uh, uh, listeners to the podcast uh, your way. You do an exceptional job um, uh, broadcasting Hershey, broadcasting when Laval's in town and, and, uh, and you certainly make us feel welcome each and every time we get a chance to come to Hershey. Yeah, I wish the Rocket came a little bit more, and I wish we went there a little bit more. It's always always fun to go up north of the border and beautiful building there, but thank you for the kind words. It's a treat to be in an organization like Hershey. I mean, 81 years of history now, and to go on the run we did last year and rewrite some items in the record book, it makes my job a lot of fun compared to where we were two years ago when we were one of the worst teams in the AHL. You know, that's not what Hershey expects and knows. So have a pretty good job when it comes down to it. Love what I get to do. And, and we get to work with a lot of great players and coaches and fans along the way and the best fans in the league that uh, really make it almost a, you know, 32nd NHL team until Seattle comes in. At least it's a mini NHL market in so many ways. So uh, back to Riley Barber, and we were just mentioning that um, Riley Barber's 25 years old. Um, 
drafted in, in 2012. He's had four solid years in the AHL where he's been able to produce uh, as an AHLer, but um, not much uh, action as far as being called up. And, and if we can read the tea leaves from his quotes, it seems like that was uh, his reason for not returning uh, to the Washington Capitals organization is he said something about having been in, in uh, the Capitals organization, uh, them knowing him, him knowing them, and uh, didn't feel that he had a, a, a real shot in getting back to the NHL. And that seems to be his goal is, is, is that kind of um, where, where you see his reason for, for moving to another team? Yeah, I think that he wanted that opportunity in the NHL. And he got a cup of coffee in the 2016-17 season, three games, and, and got the call up and missed a, a good year. He's dealt with some injuries. He, this was a big year for him to get eyes on him around the National Hockey League and try to get Washington's attention. But he had a good training camp. I thought he was one of the better players in training camp for Washington. But there's just been little to no opportunities. And when there has been – there's been the Devontae smith Pellies of the world that have come in and taken the job rather than players internally. You know, Nathan Walker, a very good American League player, a little bit less maybe of an offensive prospect than Barber is a similar way. He had a few more chances in Washington, but they always went with an outside option rather than the internal option. So Riley is you know, a guy that had a career year this year, becoming a 30-goal scorer. His goal was to have a big season and help the Bears win the Calder Cup didn't quite get there but he certainly had a big season with career highs and for me he's a pure sniper and you can never have enough of those in your organization he's a pretty good skater and has a good head on his shoulders as he's matured and grown up a little bit I thought he took some big strides in that department this past year and for me it's it's an opportunity that he needs to get somewhere because you can't grow goals on trees and it never came in Washington and I think a lot of people media-wise in Washington, maybe not organizationally. They want a Stanley Cup, so you really can't question anything. Media-wise in Washington are wondering why maybe he didn't get more of a look when you lose him for nothing. So if he goes up to Montreal and becomes a third-line player for their, the Habs, and, you know, then maybe it's Washington that's looking in the rearview mirror going, what if? Go ahead, Rick. It sounds like you had. I, I was just going to say um, his his the goal scoring process is obviously there. Um, a little bit of a playmaker as well. His his goals and assists have balanced out the the last few years. Um, but uh, Joel Bouchard spoke uh, last season uh, about n- uh, a lack of uh, veteran presence and leadership and and what can you say about um, you know his his place in the room. Uh, or perhaps on the bench? Well, I think a fresh start will be good for him. That's for sure. Um, I think that he did the best he could not to be disgruntled and focus on playing hockey this year rather than worrying about when that call-up would come. You know, I think if you talk about that in the room, I think if you talk about that in the media, you know, it only is going to look negatively upon you. You kind of want to make sure that you're, looking in the right direction. I thought he took a good step, like I mentioned this year and kind of getting away from some of that stuff and not letting it impact his game. For me, the biggest thing that uh, he has been told by multiple people in the Capitals organization and has admitted he has to work on is just his body language and not being so frustrated when two minutes into a game, he misses a golden opportunity. 
He's such a good player. He's going to get five more of those chances on the weekend. And if you're scoring three goals on a weekend, no one's going to be complaining. So that's something I thought he, again, exceeded this year where he had been previously of not getting so down at certain times and letting that impact his game because scoring is streaky, and that's where he's got to be and where he's got to grow. Uh, Leadership-wise, he's still a pretty young guy, and uh, I think he's definitely gotten there a little bit more. He's not certainly necessarily a a guy that I think is going to go in. You're going to throw a C on his chest, but he can be vocal. He's well-liked by by his teammates uh, as far as being a go-to guy, and he likes being that go-to guy. So more of a leader by example on the ice. And I think, though, as your age and your experience and your place comes in, those type of assets kind of develop. There's guys that are maybe natural leaders at 20 years old. I don't think Barb's necessarily is that type of guy, but as he gets a little bit older, you know, I think his experience and that is going to continue to rub off on the young guys like it was starting to last year in Hershey in a positive way. With you mentioning, you know, that sometimes he's, he's struggled with, with not getting too down on himself too quickly and, and kind of getting out of his own way and getting out of his own head and, and whatnot, but still ha- puts up fantastic numbers uh, year after year, Zach, and, and has played in his fair share of, of playoff appearances as well. What's, what's Riley Barber like? under pressure, under the microscope. We all know what uh, the, the, the fan base and, the, and the, the, the hometown media craze is like in the hockey world in Montreal. Um, and so there's going to be a lot of pressure on him there as well. Is this, is this an environment that you think that he will, um, you know, flourish in? I think it's going to be good for him because that's just all that he's about is he he likes that kind of, you know, being put under a microscope type of atmosphere where the puck is on his stick when the game matters. Had a good playoff this year for Hershey and was relied upon, especially with Mike Scarbosa, the Bears' top point getter and a guy that's gotten a little bit more of a taste in the NHL and a little older being out for several games. You know, Barber scored some big goals in the playoffs and came to play. And his numbers necessarily in his first couple years in Hershey in the postseason weren't exceptional as far as blow you out of the water, but he was just a young kid while this year he was a relied upon guy and he stepped up to the occasion. He's the type of guy that you get a power play, you know, the puck is going to find him. He's a power play specialist. I think he wants to continue to grow his game to be a bit more effective five on five. And again, this year certainly was that a lot of his goals came on the power play, but you know, you go up to Montreal and in his case, he's probably not going to be getting a ton of power play time right off the hop. So he's got to find a way to continue to be a scorer or contribute offensively or create chances or keep the puck in the offensive zone five on five a little bit more. And I think he stepped up his game that way this year because that's where the microscope is going to be on him because the Habs or wherever he winds up years from now are probably going to have a little bit more notable player on that power play while he might thrive in Laval or in Hershey on that man advantage. He's got to find a way to make himself relevant five on five. And I certainly think he has the the scoring touch and the capabilities to do that. Excellent. Well, we, uh, we certainly appreciate such an in-depth firsthand look at Riley Barber. I know uh, whenever Rick and I have, have visited Hershey anytime that uh, Barber has played against the Laval rocket or the Lehigh Valley phantoms for that matter, when we're covering the phantoms uh, that he's always been a player that uh, we've kept an eye on. And, and it was always one that uh, teams were, 
warned to be on the lookout again. So it'll be uh, it'll be fun to to get to cover Riley this year, uh, and we're looking forward to what he brings to the organization. Um, if you don't mind hanging around for just a moment, we're going to take one quick commercial break, and when we come back, we'd love to talk to you a little bit about the Hershey Bears and the season that they've got. Let's upcoming. do it. <laughs> okay, that it. sounds great. Don't, don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back after this short message. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back to From the Press Box here on the AHL Report. Thanks again for joining us today. Again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, joined every week by my wonderful co-host, Mr. Rick Stevens. Don't forget, you can hit us up on Twitter at the AHL Report. We always love to hear from you seven days a week. If you've got anything related to hockey that you want to talk about, does not matter the league. We love to chat with all of our friends and followers about hockey 365 days a year. And today we are talking to one of our friends on the air, Mr. Zach Fish, the voice of the Hershey Bears. And, uh, I, I guess I'm actually going to turn the mic over to, to Rick here first uh, so that we can talk a little bit, Zach, about uh, your organization, the Hershey Bears. Uh, and, and I know Rick would love to talk a little bit about what's going on with you guys this summer. I think, um, you know, from an outsider's view, um, Hershey had a pretty good season last year. They're third in the Atlantic, just behind Bridgeport. And, and um, again, kind of a, a an outsider's view is that uh, could have used a bit more offense, uh, fine on the back end, uh, good goaltending, and and you look to be very strong again um, this season at uh, the defense position. Um, and but 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 again, looking for that uh, to the additions at forward, and it's not very often uh, that uh, teams. Uh, go to the draft. We were in the draft at the draft a couple of weeks ago in Vancouver. We saw um, Connor McMichael go uh, to the, the the Capitals, 25th overall uh, from the London Knights. But it was it was that second round pick and uh, Brett Leeson, uh, an overager from Prince Albert. Uh, he could uh, be a big help. Um, I'm I'm guessing. Uh, and could uh, fit into the Hershey Bears um, lineup come uh, fall time. Yeah, he certainly could be, and I was impressed with him at development camp, uh, which occurred right after the draft in in Arlington, Virginia, and you don't often get a guy that comes right in right away, and it's been a long time outside of Jacob Verona, who's turned into a nearly 25-goal scorer in the NHL, and he's going to get a nice raise this summer. You know, There has not been a high-end forward prospect 
in the last dozen or so years to come through Hershey in quite some time, that top guy that can be relied upon offensively, with the exception of Verona, who's here for a couple seasons and then got the call up to Washington. It's been a bit depleted with top talent. The picks have been used on defensemen these last couple of years, which is certainly a place to build from. I agree with your assessment. You know, the goaltending is in good hands with Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek. First and second rounders are both very highly touted and under contract. A lot of exciting young defensemen. Alexander Alexia, the first-round pick last year, had a red deer in the WHL, is a real promising player. Martin Fervari, a foreign player, Slovakian, that's really got a high-end talent level and I think is going to jump right in and is very close to NHL ready. But questions of that forward position. You lose Barber, the Habs organization, 30-goal score gone. Nathan Walker, St. Louis organization. Aaron Nassa, 55-point defenseman on the back end of parts, uh, as well as Jason Magna, a veteran with 20 goals. It's a lot of goals to, to add to. They bring Scarbosa back, but they're going with mostly a young group. Still could be some veterans added, and Leeson's going to get top six minutes early in his tenure. He's going to have to earn them, but he's going to get an opportunity to play. The Capitals think he can be a second, third-line guy right off the hop. The biggest thing is going to be playing against men compared to being 20 years old and playing against younger players up in major junior. There are bigger bodies, stronger players. I thought Leeson uh, showed that he has a ton of skill and great hands and really has high potential at the development camp. Just got to continue to work off, you know, not getting knocked off the puck and winning battles. Uh, there's not a lot of room out there in the American League game against the bigger bodies of some of these guys that are positioned to be longtime NHL players. So I think there'll be an adjustment period, but definitely a, a guy that Caps fans will be keeping their eye on. Several second, third round picks coming in and the offensive side of it that certainly could help influence this team dynamically. Now we uh, we both alluded to uh, Vanacek, and um, we had an opportunity to spend some time with him at the um, um, All Star Classic in Springfield. Mm-hmm. He was the representative of the Bears, and and uh, we note that uh, he signed a new, brand new, spanking new uh, three year contract and and uh, two way for this coming year, but then a one way contract after that. What do you, what do you see the how is it setting up for the goalie uh, progression, both for Hershey and, and for the Capitals organization? It's going to be a real interesting time this time next <laughs> summer. Braden Holtby's contract is up. Stanley Cup winning goalie, former Bear, one of the best of the game. You see what Bobrovsky got down in Florida. You have to imagine as long as Holtby has a pretty decent season this year with a cup on his resume, he's going to be wanting something similar. And that's probably going to be too rich for the Capitals at this point. You also have the Seattle expansion draft coming into play a little bit down the road, but if you want to talk about the two goaltenders that are in Hershey, Ilya Samsonov is the first one you got to start with because he's a first-rounder. Washington thinks really highly of him. You know, they have Phoenix Copley there as well, who played some good goal for the Hershey Bears and is also starting a three-year deal as well as the understudy to Holtby. So you have three good goalies signed right there. I think it's only a matter of time before Samsonov is up. You know, he's a Russian player, a first-rounder. He's pretty close to being ready. I'd love to see him one more year in Hershey, but I think his time is coming. He's the guy that they would likely call up if his play continues like it did in the second half. But you can't forget about Vanacek. I mean, hopefully he was not the most highly regarded goaltender of the bunch when he came up and rose through the ranks. They had Varlamov. They had Neuvirth, who – 
had great American League careers, a really good start to their NHL career, and Holtby wound up having all them move because he just won the job and was better than everybody else. So that's the approach Vanacek has to take. He has to look at Jordan Bennington and go, hey, this kid hadn't gotten the opportunities, neither have I, but I'm going to try to earn it and deserve it. And I think the Caps rewarded his faith in the organization. They rewarded his strong play. I mean, he was the reason the Bears were treading water. They were last in the league on December 21st, but had the potential to move up. He was the only one really worthy of being an all-star, and that's why he was there, and he had a great second half of the season too. So not sure what it will all work out to. Uh, a lot of people think Braden Holtby might not be here this time next year. I think the Caps would love to retain him for as long as they can, but both those guys' time appear to be coming, and, and their organization has rewarded them with contracts for a couple of years, and you know, even if Vanacek's playing in Hershey, one-way contract for the next two seasons after this year, you know, he's going to be a millionaire because of it. And even if he doesn't get a ton of NHL games, that's certainly deserved because he's one of the better ones in the league and provides Hershey with a great tandem. Well, it sounds like, uh, you know, who, who we said this at the beginning of the show today, Zach, who says that, you know, there's no news over the summer for hockey? I don't I don't know who said oh, that. Oh, yeah. But... <laughs> that's, that's the most common question we get is, what do you do over the summer? You know, and there, there are days where you twiddle your thumbs a little bit and, you know, maybe take a breath here and there. But uh, it definitely keeps you busy and on your toes. And I'm sure the off season is, is far from over. There's always guys that are waiting it out for an NHL deal that don't get it, that, that are knocking on the door of American League teams. I'm sure the Bears will, will be involved in those. So I wait for my phone to ring, and then we jump right to action. Absolutely. Well, listen, well, we... uh, you you might be uh, taking a day off, or 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 maybe two, um, with a little one on the way, and and uh, we uh, look forward to the the announcement on that, and uh, we wish you well, and and uh, really appreciate you taking uh, the time here to to spend some time with us this afternoon, uh, talking it's both my about pleasure. Ryan yeah, Barber it's, uh, and, and it's going to be a different season next year with a a little boy, and he'll be around the rink, I'm sure, and. Um, uh, hopefully he has a little bit better talent on the ice than his dad did, but you know, my <laughs> wife uh, is doing great and uh, pushing pushing 37 weeks here, so we're just uh, waiting to figure out when exactly it'll be. But definitely going to be a bit more tired next season. The, you know, I'll selfishly be sleeping on the bus uh, a lot more while she's doing the hard work, the rock at home taking care of the little guy. But you know, we couldn't be more couldn't be more thrilled. So it certainly made this off season a, a little bit more exciting and a little bit more hectic than normal. Well, congratulations uh, to you and your wife. We're we're certainly looking forward to uh, to meeting him if he's going to be around the rink. And uh, as Rick said, I echo the sentiments. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule to join us uh, on From the Press Box today. We really appreciate your your knowledge and your insight, uh, and uh, look forward to working with you plenty this coming season. Looking forward to it as well. Always a pleasure to chat with you guys, and can't wait to see you at the Giant Center soon enough here. It'll be here before we know it. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Zach. Take care and have a have a great day. Thanks, Zach. My pleasure, guys. And there you have it. That was Zach Fish, the voice of the Hershey Bears, uh, the play-by-play broadcaster for Hershey. Um, and Rick, just some really great insight there from from Zach uh, as far as Riley Barber and uh, some great questions from you regarding uh, the draft and uh, some some notable moves that the Washington Capitals organization made that um, that we had all talked about uh, there in Vancouver and, and got some great firsthand uh, feedback on those picks. 
and certainly uh, at the draft, Brett Leeson was someone uh, in the second draft, in the second round that um, many of the uh, certainly I did, and and many of the uh, the Canadians fans that were with us uh, were keeping an eye on where where if the Canadians uh, had an interest in him. But uh, good to see him go to uh, the Capitals, and and um, yeah, as we talked about, he should have a an immediate impact uh, uh, with the Bears. Uh, so we'll look forward to covering that um, this season. Absolutely. And uh, thanks once again to Zach Fish for joining us today. This is the kind of content you're only going to get here at the AHL Report uh, with with our uh, credentialed crew out and about in hockey rinks all over the AHL. Uh, we're able to uh, make connections with some fantastic people up in the press box uh, around the league, Zach being one of them and uh Great to have his input and insight. So we appreciate him joining us today. Uh, as we continue around the AHL, just a bit of housekeeping uh, to go through in the rest of this segment. Some notable AHL contract signings uh, continuing to happen this past week. Uh, one is a familiar name for Lehigh Valley Phantoms fans and Montreal Canadiens fans. Uh, Dustin Tokarski has found himself a new home uh, fresh off of a, a pretty <laughs> pretty notable uh, small stint uh, playing for the Calder Cup winning Charlotte Checkers. Uh, he has signed uh, a contract with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins uh, for a year. So he will be the, the new Calder Cup champion will be moving uh, to Wilkes-Barre. So Lehigh Valley will be getting him back now as a rival instead of one of their goaltenders. What a season for Dustin Tokarski. And, <laughs> and um, you know, he, he's kind of the forgotten person in, in Montreal, but um, he started the year with, with Hartford, moved over to Charlotte and, um, you know, was lights out, was absolutely lights out for, um, uh, for Charlotte 12 and 0 record. And, and, uh, came into the playoffs, won five games in the playoffs. I think it was five games. Um, and, um, uh, you know, provided that, that, uh, uh, in those games where, uh, there needed to be some, um, uh, rest for the, their uh, number one goaltender. He he did that. So um, interestingly enough, he follows um, his uh, head coach from Charlotte, um, Mike Lucci, who went from uh, Charlotte to Wilkes-Barre, uh, mm-hmm. and they're reunited again um, for with the Penguins. Should be interesting, and uh, of course that rivalry. You know, we just had Zach on from Hershey. Uh, that that three-way Pennsylvania contingent uh lots of rivalries there those three clubs are all in hours drive of each other kind of forms a little triangle uh here in in the eastern portion of pennsylvania so wilkes-barre the rivalry between wilkes-barre and lehigh valley between lehigh valley and hershey between hershey and wilkes-barre it's all those games are all very intense uh and so having uh dustin skarsky in the mix there uh will be certainly very interesting one to keep an eye on Another name that most AHL fans should be well familiar with is Carter Verhage. He has re-signed uh, a contract with the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, one-year two-way contract. So you'll remember, of course, Rick, that Carter Verhage was the AHL scoring champion last season uh, with the Syracuse Crunch. Uh, and I 
did all right last season. He did okay. Uh, part of that that powerhouse uh, <laughs> offensive lineup uh, for uh, for Syracuse last year, uh, thirty four goals, eighty two points. Um, he was he was absolutely outstanding uh, for the crunch and and um, you know having him back as well as you know um, names we've spoken about many times uh, in that uh, crunch lineup means there should be no shortage of offense uh, there. That's right. Uh, Syracuse will continue to be uh, a formidable opponent, particularly with Carter Verhege back in the mix. Um, Lehigh Valley Phantoms fans may be interested to know that Justin Bailey has been picked up. Uh, he will not return to the Phantoms uh, this year. The Vancouver Canucks have signed him to a one-year two-way contract. Uh, so he is headed off uh, to the Western, uh, well, depending on where he plays, West Coast, if he's in Vancouver, but could most likely mean that we'll see him in the Eastern Conference playing for the Utica Comets. Uh, that's Justin Bailey off to a one-year deal. And a name that uh, any anyone who follows the AHL affiliate of the Habs is certainly familiar with would be Darren Archibald. Uh, and Darren Archibald has now moved to the Laval Rockets rival. He's been signed by the Toronto Marlies. Uh, so the Marlies adding a bit of uh, brute force to, uh, to their club um, and had some scoring touch uh, last year as well. He played with uh, Utica and Belleville uh, in 51 games last season, totaling 19 goals and 14 assists. Uh, so Archibald still staying in the conference, but heading over to Laval's rival, the Toronto Marlies now. I think I really think this. I, I feel like the, every 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 fall Rick said you know people come back and say oh I thought that guy was playing with that team. I feel like this year every team is going to look exceptionally different this year, <laughs> and maybe it's just because we're in the flurry of free agency. But it it's I feel like there's going to be a lot of very familiar names in very unfamiliar colors. So <laughs> it's always fun those first couple weeks to get everybody straightened out well that's why you have to pay attention to this uh broadcast and and uh, website so that uh, you stay abreast of all of these developments over the summer that's right we do the hard work for you so you don't have to uh speaking of hard work the ahl did make an announcement this week uh their business award winners uh have now been released and again this is we've talked about this before where of course the AHL uh, gives out awards for, uh, you know, the each hockey team and players' performance throughout the year. But the front offices also get uh, some special attention as well. A few notable things. The winners in both overall ticket sale revenue growth and season ticket sales growth uh, went to the Toronto Marlies in the Eastern Conference and the Bakersfield Condors in the Western Conference. Um you know, the Marlies, probably not surprising coming off their Calder Cup win that that they would get some some uh, ticket sales bumps out of that and season ticket sales bumps. Uh, so that's not surprising there. And Bakersfield had such a great year this year that I imagine that trend will continue. Um, as far as groups, group ticket sales, the Western Conference award winner for group ticket sales growth was the San Jose Barracuda. And in the Eastern Conference, it was the Laval Rockets. So 
stick tap to Laval. Uh, they were able to grow their group ticket sales. Um, they do talk about how, you know, entertainment and it, you remember Rick throughout their home games this season, Laval had a lot of theme nights. Um, every, every team does, but Laval was noted for having some, some pretty unusual theme nights. I remember the DJ night series was seemed to be pretty popular. Um, and all of that, of course, is helping to to burgeon their their group ticket sales. It's it's tough for uh, uh, Laval uh, having to compete somewhat um, with the Canadians, and uh, so one way they can do that is through the theme nights and through their group sales, and um, the kind of uh, mid pack or maybe a little bit below in terms of of uh, average attendance. Uh, so they they hope to boost that up by doing innovative things. And, and I think that's uh, why they were rewarded this past season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Springfield Thunderbirds and Manitoba Moose were honored for digital media excellence. Uh, the Utica Comets and the San Antonio Rampage exceptional community relations efforts and the Cleveland Monsters and the Iowa Wild were recognized for outstanding fan experience at home games. It kind of makes me want to go watch a game in Cleveland and in Iowa. Um, also should note, and where is it that I, yes, here, Lehigh Valley Phantoms can't leave you out. We have talked, Rick, on this show before about uh, the, well, who I think is the best mascot in the AHL, the fun-loving, puck-nosed, pladoddle Melvin, who is the Lehigh Valley Phantoms mascot. And we've talked about a program uh, that that Melvin is involved with called Bully Busters, where he goes out into local schools and does uh, programming, uh, introducing hockey to kids, but also teaching them how to not be a bully and how to handle bullies and, and, and those kinds of things. Well, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms were chosen by the AHL for having uh, the most unique community relations initiative in Bully Busters. So congratulations to Melvin and the entire crew over at the Lehigh Valley Phantoms for that one. Uh, Speaking of off-ice accomplishments, there's um, uh, an interesting article our friend Patrick Williams has just uh, released. And and, uh, Patrick, of course, is I I think we've been to, to every almost... Yeah, every every arena in the Northeast, and we have our favorites. Uh, Patrick certainly has uh, also covered the the Western Conference teams, and uh, mm-hmm. of all of them, he he wanted to point out um, how fun it is to go to uh, Bojangles Arena, uh, oh. the, and, and wrote an art article talking about the Charlotte Checkers um, not only being fabulous, having a a, a fabulous regular season and mowed through the, uh, the playoffs to uh, win the Calder cup, but talk about their um, uh, success off the ice as well, in terms of the revenue that they're bringing in and, and the fan experience that they have at, uh, at Bojangles. So uh, there's, there's um, particularly given the, the offer sheet, there's uh, um, you know, some, uh, uh, Canadian fans that uh, like to take a snipe at at uh, at those down north, uh, down south, and and um, uh, they'd be surprised to know that that uh, uh, it is a a real positive fan experience. And 
I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the Charlotte Checkers are ahead, uh, um, well ahead of, of the Marlies and, and the Laval Rocket in terms of average ice, uh, average attendance uh, last season. So um, they're doing a, a few things right down there. Um, and uh, off the ice is, is uh, certainly complimenting, complimenting their, their on-ice performance. Excellent. Speaking of excellent, the AHL also announced their Winners of Excellence Awards. Um, These are awards that are handed out for excellence and service to the AHL, uh, the first of which is the James C. Hendy Memorial Award, which is given to the outstanding executive in the AHL for the season, and that award went to Springfield Thunderbirds President Nathan Costa. Um, Todd Fredrickson, who is the president of the Iowa Wild, was honored with the Thomas E. Bright Award in recognition of career contributions to the AHL. And the Iowa Wild, as team of the year, and a guy I know that you like, Andrew Podorowski of the Charlotte Checkers for player excellence, were named the 2018-19 winners of the President's Awards. Um, so congratulations, to all of them as well. And Podorowski is one that you've mentioned quite a few times, Rick. Indeed I have. I, I liked the way he played. Uh, he, he caught my attention um, right away at the beginning of the season. And, and uh, well, when we first saw him uh, a couple seasons back now, um, and he um, um, will move over to the Anaheim organization and, and the San Diego Gulls, uh, signed as a free agent and uh, uh, will be um, probably coached by um, uh, a good friend uh, in Sylvain Lefebvre. So good things happening for the San Diego Gulls and and, uh, and uh, Andrew Podorowski. Absolutely. Uh, one other bit of exciting news that came out of the AHL today is that the home openers for each team was announced today. That's uh, in preparation for the full AHL schedule, uh, which will be released uh, tomorrow, which is Wednesday, July 10th. Uh, so the full schedule will be out tomorrow, but home openers were released today. Uh, so a, a couple that we want to take note of, of course, Laval opens uh, seemingly at home on opening night, Friday, October 4th, and they'll be hosting the Cleveland Monsters for their home opener. The Lehigh Valley Phantoms will open at home on Saturday, October 5th, and they'll be hosting the Providence Bruins on that evening. Uh, one one interesting little sneak peek that we can gather out of this list, though, Rick, is you scroll down the list to see, okay, is Laval or Lehigh Valley going to be um, the road team for anyone else's home opener? Uh, And while that is not the case for the Phantoms, they will not participate in anyone else's home opener. The Laval Rocket will be participating in someone else's home opener the following week on Saturday, October 12th, when they will be visiting the Milwaukee Admirals for the first time. So it looks like another Central Division team is going to be in the opponent rotation for the Laval Rocket this year. And we've, we've seen this um, uh, kind of coming. Um, the uh, uh, Laval Rocket visited the Manitoba Moose, um, also a part of the uh, Central Division um, and uh, and this year, uh, Milwaukee Admirals uh, will be part of that uh, rotation. So the Central Division um, um, having uh, you know uh, exposure to to the North uh, pr- 
prior to the, the playoffs. And, and uh, I, I think that's a good thing. I know that, that uh, um, there are games, there, there are, are teams that we say, Oh, them again. <laughs> there, there are teams mm-hmm. that, that Lavelle sees um, uh, 10 times a season. And when you, when you look at the preseason, it can be 12 and 14 times. Uh, so um, rotating in other teams is, uh, is very positive and it's nice to see uh, Milwaukee uh, involved in that this year. Absolutely. And we'll be sure to bring you all of the details for that, uh, for that opener as well. We, however, are going to take one more quick break. And on the other side of these brief messages, we're going to go beyond the AHL and talk about a new ECHL affiliation. Who is it? You got to stick around to find out. We'll be back right after this. Don't go anywhere. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back to From the Press Box here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined again by Rick Stevens. And don't forget, again, to hit us up on Twitter if you've got any questions, comments, um, if you want to talk about hockey at, a, at any level, just find us on Twitter at the AHL Report, and we'd be happy to have a friendly debate or a discussion, a conversation, anything you'd like about hockey. Um, now, Rick, as we go beyond the AHL, ECHL affiliations is something, that, again, that has been a common topic here on this show um, as we've talked about um, the importance of, of organizations having an ECHL affiliation. We've We've talked about... Uh, organizations this past year that were having on ice success at the NHL, AHL, and ECHL, excuse me, each ECHL level uh, in their respective organizations. We've we've talked about how difficult uh, it seemed to be for the Canadians to not have an ECHL affiliate this year, um, and I know we're all still kind of waiting with bated breath to see if one will materialize before the summer is over. Um, But there is some news regarding uh, an an ECHL team, the Florida Everblades, who have changed affiliations. A bit of a swap. And and we just mentioned um, uh, Milwaukee um, uh, a second in the previous segment. 
And uh, they were the ECHL affiliate of uh, the Nashville Predators. Well, um, um, Nashville uh, has has changed, uh, made a change, uh, and now the Florida Everblades will be um, the ECHL affiliate of um, Nashville. Uh, for Florida Everblades were the Carolina Hurricanes ECHL affiliate. Florida. Uh, went to the conference as the the Carolina uh, affiliate went to the conference final in the ECHL against the Newfoundland Growlers. Lost uh, uh, as we know, the Growlers went on to to win the Kelly Cup. Um, so that left Carolina without a um, uh, an ECHL affiliate, uh, and they have uh, there was some uh, discussion of whether they would. Um, uh, look to the South Carolina Stingrays, uh, which are the Washington Capitals and Hershey Bears, who we just talked with Zach Fish about. Uh, mm-hmm. No, that's staying, um, that's staying as it is. Instead, um, Carolina is going to partner with the uh, Greenville Swamp Rabbits, um, and that makes sense. Uh, it makes sense in a number of ways. They're, they're only a couple of hours from Charlotte, four hours from Raleigh, and they were unaffiliated. Uh, last season, in fact, there was some discussion uh, um, whether being unaffiliated, they would have um, been the affiliate of the Laval Rocket this coming season. But no, uh, Carolina uh, has swooped in and made an agreement with them. So a little bit of change. Nashville gets uh, the Florida Everblades as their ECHL affiliate. Carolina gets the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. Interesting indeed. Um, And a lot of a lot of change for the Charlotte checkers um, this year already after, after winning the Calder cup, uh, plenty of players who have uh, signed elsewhere over the summer, their head coach, Mike Bellucci uh, has now relocated to a new team and now a new ECHL affiliation. So you have to, you have to wonder, you know, our, our, that, that man, Rick Dudley, he's, He's working on things. He's working on things <laughs> <laughs> to be sure. Uh, one other uh, note that I wanted to mention that you actually brought to my attention earlier this week um, is that former Montreal Canadiens forward Sven Andre Ghetto uh, is heading to the KHL. Uh, Colorado did not uh, choose to resign him this year. So he's heading over and has signed with Avangard in the KHL and will continue his hockey career over there this year. And we wish him well. I think it's a two-year contract that he signed. I think it is. I think it is. So hopefully he uh, finds some some more success there. Uh, he certainly was a key component for the for the Avalanche. Did not play a small role on that team. Uh, and hope wish him all the best. Um, and with that, I think that pretty much wraps up uh, today's show, Rick. I mean, we really jam-packed a lot of information in there today, including a fantastic exclusive interview with Zach Fish, uh, which uh, everyone, please be sure to share this podcast with your friends uh, around Habs fandom. Uh, You won't get an an interview like that on one of the Canadians' new signings anywhere else, so be sure to share this podcast with your friends. And Rick, there are ways to do that. Uh, Folks, of course, can find us on Twitter at the AHL Report, but where else can people find this podcast and all of our other podcasts for Rocket Sports Radio? 
Uh, the first place to, to go is uh, ahl.report, uh, the website. Uh, if you happen to be out and about and you're um, looking for um, um, uh, the podcast on um, one of your favorite podcast apps, just search for Rocket Sports Radio. There you will get from the press box uh, this podcast, uh, all of the new episodes. And if you subscribe, then you'll get all the, the new episodes um, delivered to you. Not only will you get this podcast from the uh, press box, but as part of the Rocket Sports Radio umbrella, you'll also get uh, the Canadians Connection, which is our live podcast, uh, happens every Saturday. Um, and um, uh, the Hab Listen and Habs Unfiltered podcast, uh, some of those back issues are, are there as well for you to listen to. So um, four for one, and they're all free. We love it. And uh, great content on all four of those podcasts you'll want to listen and share with your friends as well. Um, And of course, in addition to uh, chatting with us at our uh, AHL Report Twitter account, again, which is at the AHL Report, you can find Rick on Twitter at AllHabs. You can find me at FlyersRule on Twitter of course, you'll also want to make sure that you're following uh, the the uh, AHL Report accounts on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, making sure that you don't miss out on any content uh, because, as you can tell, we've got stuff coming fresh off the presses uh, just about every day all summer long. Rick, thanks so much for a great episode today. It's hard to believe uh, next week when we reconvene, and it will already be mid-July. Uh, and yeah, and we'll we'll run into um, the um, uh, summer showcase, or what used to be called the summer showcase. The prospects uh, for World Juniors will be coming up in August, and then uh, mm-hmm. uh, looking at at uh, our rookie camps and development camps. This is going to go very quickly. And there'll be plenty of news uh, over the course of the next few weeks. So uh, be sure to stay with us. Excellent. Thanks so much for joining us. Until next week, have a great week. Enjoy the summer. And uh, we'll be back here once again next Tuesday on From the Press Box with lots more news from around the world of hockey right here on the AHL Report. Remember your dream.